Hello, hello. Welcome, friends. Nikki Woodall here, and welcome to the Job Salon. This is episode two of our podcast series. And what is a Job Salon? <laughs> the Job Salon is a community uh, career coaching uh, program where mindset makeovers meet career transformations. So I believe that mindset and uh, practical strategy and um, and go hand in hand basically together for the modern job search. You really can't have a successful job search without uncovering and going into you know just a lot of mindset topics as they come up um, because let's be real, it, a job search can be painful. <laughs> it can be uh, can be challenging these days. So we are here to talk about a lot of these different things. I'm a career recruiter plus a uh, eight-year career coach. And I have uh, seen quite a bit uh, from all different sides of the hiring process and also been a job seeker myself, even fairly recently. So um, hoping to bring some clarity around um, hot topics related to the job search and how to make the job search less freaking painful. So that's, that's my, my stick here. So new year, new rejection. Okay. If you're watching this as it's coming out in January, uh, the top of the year, you know, we always start the new year hopeful, which is great. Right. So it's always, obviously it's a new, new beginnings in a way, but so new year, new rejection sounds kind of negative, right. But I think it's a real topic. Job search rejection is something that comes up for every job seeker in some way. Um, if you have ever applied to, you know, a handful of roles, you're probably going to face some error. I say rejection in air quotes. It may or may not be rejection. So it, what we're going to talk about today, um, first of all, new year, new rejection. It's not you, it's them but sometimes it's you. <laughs> That's going to be my tagline for this. Sometimes it is you. So how do we discern when rejection is real, when it's not? Do we ever really know? Um, these are This is the hot topic. So we're going to dive into some some things that I think uh, nobody really talks about too much as far as the, the job search rejection goes, but also how to overcome it or avoid it altogether when it does come up. So here we go. Um, let's kick off with maybe just uh, eight or eight or ten reasons of job search rejection that I believe honestly have nothing to do with you. And when we are job seekers, it can be really hard because you guys just don't know. Many people just have no idea. If you've never been on the inside of a company and the inside of a hiring process, you just genuinely don't know all of the things that go in to the million parts that recruiters juggle and that companies have going on and all the different caveats and things that basically um, truly have nothing to do with you when it comes to uh, when you get that rejection email. But when you're on the other side of it and you're just you're putting your blood, sweat and tears into these apps and resume edits and just getting firing things off and cover letters and all the things, it can feel just really hard to put yourself out there and then get that it feels like a heartless email coming from a company that says, sorry, we weren't, we're not moving forward with your application, yada, yada, yada. Now there's a lot of emotion that goes into, let's, let's just rewind real quick. Why do we feel this, these emotional charges when we get those emails? Again, it's because when we look at, uh, when we put all that blood, sweat and tears into the job application process, there's emotion that gets connected to it. So when you, even when you first read a job description, 
it's very easy to imagine your life changing instantly. <laughs> we instantly will like pretty much be able to say, wow, uh, these are, uh, this job would be amazing for me. And you know yourself. So you know all the reasons why that job matches up. So based on your, your years of experience and, and so many different factors, plus, you know, what you're looking for in terms of like remote or, um, you know, different cultures and things like that. So when you can pull that out of a job description and you're like, wow, this job would be perfect. Obviously you're going to be excited. So now there's the excited emotion. You spend all this time applying to it. You get that rejection email and it's just like deflating, right? So what's a first quick tip though, is that we really have to truly remember that companies are hiring to fill a business need. So in a way we really have to take emotion as much out of the equation as humanly possible, quite literally humanly as humanly possible because we are humans with emotions. So it's, you know, I know a lot of us try to get monk-like and, you know, really work through a lot of these emotional triggers and emotions and stuff, but it's, um, it's, it, we're humans. We, we have emotions. So we, it's, it's, you know, it can be difficult sometimes to do that, but, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second about, um, the, the emotional side of things, but the, the list I want to go into first is there really truly are a good handful of things that if you guys have never been on the inside of a company, you maybe don't know that the, it, it's not you. It really is just the company, their business needs, the things going on on the inside. This stuff has nothing to do with you. So let's uh, dive into it quickly. I don't want these to be too long, but you know, one thing that I'll just throw, and there's so many, there's even probably dozens more that I'm just not thinking of, but these were the, the top that came to mind. So the first would be that the hiring manager is indecisive. And this comes up quite a bit where they see a couple people and they uh, just maybe are not that great at hiring. Maybe it's their first time as a hiring manager and they don't want to just, they they meet with someone, maybe you made it to an interview and they, but they, they liked you, but they don't want to just pull the trigger right away. D hiring becomes like dating. You know, a lot of people will want to see multiple candidates or go on multiple dates with different people before they you know, really want to be exclusive with someone. <laughs> so that's a whole nother episode by itself. But so a lot of companies are not giving really good training to their hiring managers as well. So if they just wind up going and taking forever to make decisions, they, they bring their own issues and indecisiveness to the table. They're also just super busy. So recruiting is truly one of maybe like, a you know, dozens of things on their to-do list. So they, it just can be hard sometimes to get even get feedback from hiring managers or, um, you know, clear answers and stuff like that. So if you are feeling rejected, cause maybe you haven't heard back from a, from a hiring, from a company, the recruiter could just be waiting on, on news. It could be that the hiring manager is indecisive, disorganized, not that great at hiring or just super busy. So, um, Again, what that kind of rejection that you're feeling when you check for updates all the time and you're not getting them has nothing to do with you. So that's one. Second is that the recruiters are very busy as well. So again, we may not be getting back to you quickly uh, if you've already been in process or let's say you just apply randomly and you're like weeks and weeks and weeks are going by. I haven't heard anything from this. That recruiter could truly have like 30 to 50 other jobs that they're working on or 20 to 50 other jobs. And this one is totally not the highest priority that they have. So again, you, you might be internalizing of like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to get rejected from this as well and start making it emotional and get, but they literally 
could not even be working on that role. They might have 20 in front of it that are just higher priority. Okay. So, um, friendly follow-ups with recruiters. I have a training called becoming unghostable to recruiters, uh, as part of my community um, program and, and on my online course. And there's, I have like lots of ways, if you have that recruiter screen, but you're not hearing back ways that you can follow up with them gently and, you know, just really try to get news that way and build the relationship with the recruiter so that we can help mitigate that a little bit as well. But again, people being busy, um, that's a thing has nothing to do with you. Um, sometimes recruiters, this is number three is like, we really just can't get folks on the same page. And sometimes a company, which they have a right to do this. Sometimes they are truly going through the process of figuring out, um, what they want while they're in the interview process. Um, have had this happen. You know, it's great when a company has, you know, hired for a certain type of role, let's say 20 times, they've already hired a bunch of analysts over the last few years. So they already know what they want and need in an analyst. Those jobs can move faster than let's say a really specific channel marketing role that they're not sure if they want to hire a, um, an individual contributor or make this a lead or locations or this or that. And, and even within the team, they're arguing about what they want and what's going to make the most sense in terms of seniority and uh, location, leveling and all this kind of stuff. So basically that's another thing that you, they are figuring out what they need for their business during the hiring process. This might mean while they talk to three or four candidates, it's helping them get an idea of what they need. This has nothing to do with you. Your experience may or may not be what that company needs. It's not rejection. It's just truly not what they wind up needing in the end. And it happens a lot. This is very common. So um, they're figuring it out while they, they're going through it. Sometimes it's hard to wrangle these people and get them all different personalities on the same page. A recruiter's job is not as easy as most people think. There are a lot of different moving parts. So again, but again, none of that has anything to do with you. So, and another common one, I think this is number four or five, they're considering internal candidates as well. Sometimes internal people will pop up and say, I'm actually interested in moving into that role or referrals come up. And we know I've seen that as much as 80 or 85% of roles are filled these days with referrals coming from people that work there. So that's why it's super important that you're always applying, but also getting a referral trying to network and get your hand, your resume through the hands of someone who's there. A lot of companies offer referral bonuses. So there's incentive for them to do that as well. Um, uh, to get, kind of submit you if they have a kind of formal submission process. Um, but either way, most people want to help others. So if you, you know, reach out to 20 people at a company and try to get a referral, odds are you'll get at least one that will say, yeah, I'll submit your resume. Um, or pass your resume along to the hiring manager or recruiting team if it's a small company. So keep that in mind. Um, there's referrals and internals. So that has nothing to do with you. It could be a hiring freeze. Number six, there could be a hiring freeze that went on that is, go, you know, just, just recently announced that they're story, sorting out headcount or recalibrating and things like that. So that role, that team might not be, again, highest priority. That has nothing to do with you. Or maybe numbers, I think this is six, maybe seven, you've joined the process after they've already had a decent amount of people in it. So there's a timing issue, has nothing to do with you as a person, you as a candidate, but maybe they just truly have every, like a lot of different people in process. And guess what? There's only one position available. I can't tell you how many folks when I recruited at Facebook, how many folks 
would, I could tell when I was rejecting them, let's say it was at the onsite stage. And I had like two or three that made it to onsite interviews. And let's say two out of the three were actually really good, but they were very different. So during the debriefing, the hiring managers decided, okay, we want to go with this one. We think this needs a little bit more of their skill set. They care. They answer these questions super well, yada, yada, yada. This one also did well, this other candidate, um, but there's, they maybe are a couple years less of experience or a different type of experience than, than what this role needs. So I would tell the folks like, Hey, um, they still loved your background. And I, I meant this, like they loved your background. We only have one position open at the time. So I can't, you know, I can't move you forward, but I will definitely keep you in mind when we get new headcount. Now can't tell you how many times I heard that, like total sigh of despair, which of course that's normal. Right. But almost as if they really didn't believe me too, I would pick up on that, that they, these folks just genuinely didn't believe me that they would ever hear back from me again. Whereas actually sometimes like within a couple of weeks or a month, I'm calling them back. If they did well on the onsite and they, the hiring manager even said, keep them warm for the future. Guess what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, um, so keep that in mind too. Um, that's one where, again, it has nothing to do with you. If they don't have the headcount, there's only one role that they can't, there's, there's budgeting. There's things, there's so many moving parts to the the budget and stuff like that, that we, they truly just can't hire two people just because they like them. <laughs> so again, it, in that case, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It goes back to the, what does this role need? Um, and, uh, you know, they want to hire you maybe in the future for something that's more aligned. Um, or even just sometimes I would get, be able to move super fast with these people. As soon as a role did open up, they, it would, it wouldn't even be like a long process at all. So, um, Keep that in mind. Sometimes it's a no now, but it could be a yes later. Next one, a uh, the company got hit with something unexpected, um, or as we say, it's just it's not as high priority as they thought. Maybe uh, a maternity leave pops up, or a medical leave, or um, someone a team announces member announces they have to relocate to London or somewhere else. Something happens internally. Something unexpected. And they have to pivot. So now it's like, okay, our higher priority is to replace that person or to, again, this stuff has nothing to do with you, the candidate. Um, so hopefully that gives you an idea of just, these are just a handful of moving parts that can be going on. Now I will say um, there are times when it is you, <laughs> when it is you or when it is me going after a role that I, true, you know, that not, it, I'm getting rejected because of my performance or because of my, um, I would say just re- because of performance. If it's because your interview isn't what they're looking for, or isn't what they need, um, then that's not really rejection to me. Um, but if it's because of my performance in the interview, or maybe I didn't put my best foot forward by having a really stellar resume, I'm always preaching that your resume is so important these days to be perfect. You really want to have your resume be like rock star resume have zero questions around it on whether or not they're going to look at it and it should screen professional. It should tell your story. It should tell us what you want to do next. It should tell us kind of like really embody like your personality in a way. I know it sounds crazy, but your resume is very important these days to stand out from piles of hundreds of resumes. So visit my job salon, um, career coaching program to get your resume reviewed. It's 23 bucks a month. It features a lot of different stuff in there. The resume review is I think the most special because um, I give you the recruiter rundown of true, honest feedback on it. NikkiWoodall.com slash the job salon. 
Okay. So, uh, so there's sometimes when it is you, you know, you, again, you bomb the interview, you, your resume didn't put your best foot forward. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, but here's the thing. I want to give you also some ways to avoid getting rejected from jobs that you are genuinely qualified for. First, I want to talk about rejection. <laughs> so as a coach, like a mindset coach, I see, and I've personally experienced rejection in all kinds of ways in my life. I believe rejection is a very, very, very deep wound. Okay. Now I'm not going to get into what I really think about rejection in terms of, I think rejection is, is so deep that we could get into it from a spiritual religious lens, from a, uh, from mindset psychology, like we could go super deep into rejection. I will keep this very high level and just say, if you're feeling I call it the, the two balloons of rejection. One is the, um, if you're looking at a visual in a visual kind of way, visual person, think of it as two balloons. One is a balloon that is rejection that you, in it, you feel disappointment. I call this the disappointment balloon. And this, you know, you get, you're, you're fully invested in a job. You're actually pretty excited about them. You're having conversations. You find out you're not moving forward. You feel disappointment. That is healthy. Okay. That is a healthy level of rejection because you had this emotional connection to the job in a way that you were excited about it. So disappointment can be healthy. It's just like, again, when you're dating, if you really like someone and then they say they're just not that into you, <laughs> then you are going to feel some disappointment. It doesn't work out. That's healthy. But in the other balloon, the second balloon I mentioned, there's this balloon of despair. It's it's the it's the rejection that brings on this deep, deep, deep rooted despair. And again, high level, I'm not going to get into the spirit of rejection and all these different kind of things, but that I do, you know, dive deep into. Um, rejection that if you get job rejection that starts to feel like despair, where you are just you you wind up like literally, uh, eating ice cream out of a tub and, you know, totally deflated and unable to move forward for a week, maybe even cry, cry. And I'm not knocking or, you know, crying can be healthy for either side of this, but, um, and I'm not really knocking either one of these. I'm just kind of trying to, uh, flag or maybe kind of shed some light on this. Maybe it's something for you to think about. Maybe not. Um, but if you feel despair coming from any kind of rejection from a job, I almost always believe that this is rooted in something in a deeper wound that usually will stem from early from childhood, let's say from family stuff, from rejection around being a young person, seven years old or, or even younger, some kind of deep wound. If rejection keeps showing up over and over and over in your life and you just, it keeps getting triggered, you know, maybe if a friend dumps you, we all have, once you you know get into your twenties, thirties, forties, we have friend dynamics that get weird and you feel rejected by friends and stuff that could even be a job rejection could trigger some of that stuff. We've, um, you experience a lot in life, right? But I almost think that if you're, you should really examine the job search rejection how hard, how, how tough is it on a scale of one to 10? Ask yourself again, if it's like a two, three, four, maybe even a five, that seems healthy to me. That seems normal. And I'm not a licensed therapist or or anything by any means. Mm -hmm. I'm just someone who's also experienced this stuff. If you feel, um, if you feel debilitating rejection, that despair, that deep 
deep sadness because of a job. And again, I know how painful a long job search can be. And you kind of feel like you got to maybe the end of the tunnel and you're feeling like it was close to the end, but you are, um, now you feel despair because you have to start all over again and stuff like that. I get it. That's that's a different type of beast. But almost always, it's kind of good to ask yourself, like, why am I really feeling this? Why am I feeling this level of sadness? I'll just leave that there. Again, the two balloons of disappointment versus despair. You can decide if that's really impacted you. Use the job search as a way to unpack stuff, guys. So use it as a way to understand yourself. I think that's a good, a good uh, blessing in disguise when it comes to anything that we're facing, right? Um, to really analyze like what's going on with myself. So here's a ways to avoid getting rejected for jobs that you're qualified for, or just generally. Here's how to handle it. I, would, I should say, get another set of eyes on your resume and, and show them this person, be it a professional that you trust or a coach, show them your resume, but also show them the jobs that you've been applying to help you analyze this stuff, help you really understand do you think that this was me or was this probably just a company issue or, or, you know, just, um, some sort of timing issue or something like that, that didn't align, like really try to get some feedback from others that you trust, check over these applications and things just to make sure, um, agencies can be a good source for this. When you work with a, a recruiter, that's kind of in the middle as an agency recruiter, they work with their clients and send your resume out. They can really be good for stuff like this to say, like, um, yeah, I think that you would be a fit for this or that, or, um, you know, kind of get their feedback coaches as well. Like mine, join the job salon. That's what I'm here for now. Um, second tip, and this I can speak to from very recent, um, experience get so much activity that you barely notice any rejections. I don't advise that for dating, you know, uh, in the dating world, like that's kind of like a, to me, it's kind of weird to just be, you know, dating so much that you don't even notice. Like, but I do often compare dating to the job search. But with the job search, activity is good. And I just recently applied to quite a few things after my uh after a layoff with Facebook. And I did get a couple of rejections, but I knew that my resume was a match. I knew I know that it's been worked on by a professional. I knew that if I get rejected from this, it's out of my hands. It's, it's, you know, it's just not meant for me. They always say rejection is, um, God's redirection as well, which I wholeheartedly believe in. Um, but I was, I also had so much activity going on that I, in conversations that I really didn't notice when I would get the rejection email in, it's when you have only one or two things going on, then you feel it more. So keep that in mind, get so much activity that you barely notice when these rejection things go on. Now, this is where number three tip really track this stuff, guys. What is the data telling you? What is the data telling you to, um, how many applications have you applied to? Where have you gotten in the process? Be able to track so that you can analyze the self, treat yourself like a product. You are now marketing a product, which is you for the job search. You're putting yourself out there. So now you can really use some product marketing type of skills and say, wait, let me, let me run the numbers here. How many applications have I gotten out? How many have I been rejected from? How many have I screens have I had and then got rejected? Like really start to analyze. You really don't know if anything is a trend until you have like a month or several months of stuff going on to see if it really is you, like, you don't know if it's, if this is you getting rejected until you have enough data points to kind of tell you. 
So that's another thing. Tracking will help you look back and just be able to analyze, which takes me to my next point of before is self-awareness. Self-awareness is going to be your superpower, especially if you're getting rejected after interviews, actual conversations with companies. Sometimes people are way too critical on themselves. And sometimes people hang up the phone and they're like, I, I totally crushed it. I did so amazing. And later they get rejected and they're like, I don't understand. But I think there's so much adrenaline. There's so much like going again, emotion going on behind uh, every conversation and stuff. Sometimes that you, you, your self-awareness goes out the window. So really try to also take notes after these interviews, understand where your, um, where your, uh, what, what kind of answers you gave for each question, write down as many notes if you can, after the interviews, so that later you can look back with an objective eye and say, mm, maybe that wasn't the best answer to that, you know, because if you just, if someone says, how did it go? Sometimes we're intuitive and we're very self-aware and, and we, in a good way, and we really are, you know, kind of evaluating well, and we can say, yes, I, <laughs> I, I nailed it. And really you did nail it. You came across confident. You had clear, concise answers. The, the answers made sense. You asked good questions. Those to me would all be indicators of nailing it. Whereas other times people say, I totally nailed it, but really they, they didn't nail it. And I, I saw that quite a bit uh, at Facebook too. Um, the feedback would come in and the hiring managers would be like, yeah, they, they, this was a pretty, pretty average or not great interview, but nerves are running. So, uh, you know, self-awareness can be a superpower again, just tracking and writing down so that you can analyze these trends, rate yourself, maybe on a, you know, A, B, C for each question type of a thing, a uh, grading scale so that you can just look back and then have more data to evaluate later. Um, the fi final tip to avoid job searches that are long and, and horrible and also avoid rejection. Honestly, I'm always preaching this is mock interview. I believe so much in mock interviewing. I have so much on this in my online course, which you get access to in my community uh, coaching program for 23 bucks. Um, so much information, guys. Mock interviews, though, are the secret sauce. I'm not going to get into it today here. But mock interviews, you would rather practice before you get skin in the game and have actual interviews going on versus after when you uh, versus um, having. Let me say that again. You would rather practice before you have skin in the game with the interviews versus treating the actual jobs as practice. Does that make sense? That's so important. And I see it all the time where just ask yourself if my dream company or if any of these companies were calling and they wanted to speak to me tomorrow, would I be ready? If the answer is no, you need to book your calendar up with mock interviews. So stay tuned because that might be an upcoming super quick, uh, important episode of just how to set up mock interviews and why they're so important these days. Um, I do have so much info on that again in my course and my community group, um, because it's just this differentiator between long job searches and not even five inter mock interviews, meaning fake interviews that you set up and practice, you'll be so much better after five. Imagine after 10 or after 20, it will be almost impossible to bomb these interviews because you will have shaken all these nerves out. You will decrease your rejection rates by, I can't give you a percentage, but I will go ahead and say maybe like 200%. <laughs> I'm just going to throw a number out there. So anyway, hopefully this stuff helps you guys. There's many, many times where it truly is not you. This is just business stuff going on on the inside. Um, but sometimes it is. So it's not you, it's them, but sometimes it is you. And um, 
hopefully some of these tips you can apply to your life and, and definitely keep an uh keep some thought into that balloons of disappointment versus despair. Use the job search as a way to analyze this could be triggering some old stuff coming up, some old wounds that you can now look at. Um, now how you handle that, how you want to work through those wounds, that's up to you. You know, if you want to take it to prayer, take it to uh, a therapist, both take it to friends, family, take it to a journal, whatever your methods are. Um, use this job search as an opportunity to, to maybe do some healing work as well. Um, because if that's coming up, I would almost bet if you're super, you know, upset about any rejections, it's triggering some old stuff. So just my two pennies there. So if you, uh, if you enjoyed this, click follow, subscribe, um, and hope to catch you at the next one. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.